What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
Bolo here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, we've got none other than Benny Bloss, the 16-year program number one in your hearts. Benny, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad, not too bad, my friend. Um, why, why do we call you Benny? Why not Ben Bloss? Why not Benjamin Bloss? Why, who started calling you Benny? Uh, I don't really know. I think it was my mom started calling me Benny um, when I was super young. But uh, all throughout school, I went as Ben. Everybody kind of made fun of me when when they heard that my name was Benny. So I, I went with Ben. And then, I don't know, motocross, I think Benny just kind of sounds better. Benny Bloss sounds better than Ben. Um, but I decided to keep that. Yeah, like if I was to, if I was to uh, um, kind of see how it goes, is that like you'd be Benny Bloss as a uh, uh, as an as an athlete, but then as a as a like a retired rider or maybe like as a team manager. Now you're Ben Bloss. Like it was Ricky Johnson when he was a racer, but now we could, well, now we call him Rick Johnson. Sound, does that sound right, about right? Sounds pretty pretty much accurate, I would say. Fair enough, and uh, of course, uh, you, you uh, like you're pretty familiar with a guy that's uh, race and trained kind of in that same era, maybe a little bit afterwards. Uh, how's how's Robbie doing? How's Robbie Rayner doing, man? I know maybe you don't work with him as closely as you once did, but uh, probably still talk to him uh, every now and again. I actually am still working with him. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Actually, tomorrow I'm flying down to Cancun for his wedding. Um, He's finally getting married after, like, I think they've been together for, like, 11 years. Um, I think so, yeah. But, no, I'm still working with him. Um, probably even closer than I was before, actually. Kind of Excellent. getting the program really strong. Um, but, no, he's doing really good. For sure. Now, uh, <clears throat> 2018 coming up, oh, hopefully uh, more successful than our 2016 uh, 2017, uh, rather, was, uh, uh, let, let's kind of recap before we talk about what's coming in the future. Uh, a shoulder injury in Minneapolis and then, uh, some, uh, like maybe not a little bit ill prepared getting onto the bike for, for outdoors. Um, give, give me your synopsis of 2017 for you. Yeah, 2017 definitely was not the best. Um, I felt really good going into the Supercross season and just, had a mishap in the at the first round and dislocated my shoulder pretty bad and had that whole deal I think I was out for five months maybe five and a half months um with that and I'd only been on the bike like three weeks before the first round that I raced I think or maybe it was four um I'm not sure but then the outdoors just wasn't really quite what I had wanted um didn't feel as good as I would have liked to but finally at the last round I I had a a better ride and I think I ended up with eighth in the first moto I 
had a crash in the second moto, but I finally got back to myself and now I'm back riding Supercross and feeling really good on it. Uh, looking forward to 2018. For sure. Now, I, I can't imagine what that must feel like uh, as you're, you're putting in motos and you're seeing the guys ahead of you or, or you, you know that there's guys ahead of you that you should be keeping pace with them, but you're not able either able to get the starts to hang with them or, or uh, like find that pace during the motos. Uh, I, I sense uh, maybe some frustration there, and then that can't be easy because uh, really what you want to be worrying about on race day is just going fast uh, on your motorcycle. Yeah, for sure. It was... Uh especially the first, I think the first three rounds, I I was honestly like really bad. I was getting like 14th and 15th, which is not where I, where I felt like I should be. And to see some of the people that were beating me was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, but just tried to stay positive and, you know, it'll, it'll get better, but it was definitely rough. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about some brighter uh, conversation in the fact that uh, you went toe-to-toe with one of the baddest MFers on the whole track uh, and, and just and just blew his doors off a couple of times. He also got the better of you a couple of times out there on the track. You and Tyler Bowers, a little bit of helmet smack. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, it was a little wild. I'm not really sure if I was the first per- – if I started it. I think he said – I doubt it. I think he said that I started it in the the Mathis interview after the race, but honestly, I'm not. I don't really remember. But yeah. it was a lot of fun. Like we were probably for two laps, I would say, lap and a half. We were just every single corner, pretty much hitting each other. But not like not super far. Like we weren't taking it super super bad. I would say. Um, but no, it was fun, and then it was cool because after the race, he was like super cool about it, and was like told me great job, sick race, whatever. Um, it was sick for sure. Absolutely, uh, it's uh, it's a rare thing within motocross. More often than not, people harbor bad feelings. Not uh, not much like a uh, a stick and ball sport where you might uh, go head to head against somebody all day long in the trenches and then share a beer afterwards. Uh, that's that's a rare thing from motocross. But uh, hats off to you, man, supplying the the fans at Sam Boyd Stadium some some entertaining racing on a on a night where uh, that was at a at a, at a minimum really. The fact that uh, three like all three motos won by the very same guy he led 28 of the 30 laps that there were that there were in uh in, in marvin Muskan and uh, and to know that you're on a pretty similar motorcycle that's uh, got to get you excited as well oh for sure our bike is really good this year and looking forward to next year with working with the team and getting it dialed in even more um i haven't really done a whole lot of testing on the 450 on supercross but uh, we should get started to doing that um here in the next month or two, um, doing a lot of that and training on it. The bike is really good, and the team's working really good together. I'm very excited. So for this year for Supercross, will you, in fact, be on the 450 full-time, or will that be uh, kind of shared duties with you riding one coast on the 250? Uh, no, I will be full 450 Supercross and outdoors this year, finally. Fair enough. Well, I know you're happy to hear that. I, just a, a thought that uh, struck my brain just now. There's a quite good possibility that uh, Tyler Bowers just saw how tall you are and how like you're just such a, like a <laughs> large stature of a man, and he knows that he'll never grow to that size. And that's how you started it, just by being tall. 
<laughs> Maybe something like that. That's. I think it helps that I'm tall. Um, not as many people mess with me, but uh, he's pretty. He's pretty big himself. Yes, uh, not not a short man, and uh, pretty. Uh, he's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. That is for sure. Um, so uh, off season. After you get back from a wedding with uh, Robbie Raynard, uh, he's getting finally getting married uh, this weekend. Uh, what's what's pl- what's the the boot camp look like? Getting ready, uh, and honestly, man, we're getting to the end of uh, October here. Uh, what ten weeks to Anaheim one? Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick. I don't know the exact weeks or days, but it's definitely coming quick. And when I get back from Mexico, we'll start uh, working extra hard. Um, with everybody down here in Oklahoma, and I think probably be here for a couple weeks, and then go to California and start the testing um, with the bikes, and be able to ride with my teammate, bag it a little bit, and continue the uh, the boot camp once I'm in California. Um, it's going to be a, a very hard next couple of months, but just got to make sure that we're ready for the upcoming season. So for you, how does the diet uh, compare from Mexico to boot camp? Like, are you just going to, like, for the next, like, few days, just, like, enchiladas, enough cheese to kill a man, and, like, all that all that bad stuff that you're not allowed to have during the boot camp? Or or do you, do you not cheat so much? I'm trying not to cheat so much just because I don't want to put myself in such a big hole. Um, but... I'm, there's like, like I had ice cream last night, um, but I've got this whole program laid out for when I do come back from Mexico and it's, it's going to be rough, especially for the first two weeks. But, uh, so trying to get a little bit, um, but I don't want to get too, too large when I'm in Mexico. Fair enough. Well, um, luckily, like you said, uh, you are tall, so uh, if you do get a little bigger, it does spread out quite nicely. So it uh, it doesn't seem to uh, stick to you as much, even if it may. Um, but uh, I will have you know that the sugar in ice cream does, in fact, help the protein in ice cream react faster right before you go to bed. So a, a little bit of ice cream before bed isn't a bad thing. That is not information that I've ever heard before, but I do like the way that sounds, honestly. Yeah, absolutely, it is uh, scientific fact. A little bit of ice cream, maybe some uh, some frozen peanut butter right before bed. Slow release of protein, help the body uh, recover overnight and uh, and and acquire deeper sleep. You seem pretty uh, pretty knowledgeable on this stuff. Well, I do. I do do some personal training here in Winnipeg. I've uh, I've done a, uh, a kinesiology degree, so I know the, the human body quite well. And uh, just because I've always been uh, a, an athlete, interested in athletics and and training for it, so uh, yeah, that sort of thing uh, is definitely something that I, I, I like to to know a lot about. Well, that's awesome. I like it. Perfect. I'm not uh, quite as knowledgeable on the. Just kind of do what my trainer tells me. Fair enough, and 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 your trainer. That is, is that uh, does Robbie do your uh, your your diet as well, or is that just is that someone else? Uh, we, I'm just now starting with a nutritionist. As soon as I get back from Mexico, um, oh, right he, Robbie had kind of helped me before, but uh, kind of going with a little more professional help on the diet part. Um, like I said, making the program a little more solid. 
Absolutely. Well, that that definitely helps. And uh, and Benny, we're, we 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 wish you all the best in 2018. Healthy shoulders uh, after three shoulder surgeries. Now, hopefully, all is well with that. Yes, every it's going really really well. I think actually my my shoulder that I just had injured um, feels stronger than it was before. So. Hey, I like it, man. From a guy who's had both shoulders pop out on me, uh, I wish you nothing but comfort and good range of motion with those things. Uh, it's it, That is no fun. Yeah, thank you. Quickly, before I let you go, some rapid-fire questions. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Uh, beverage in the morning, coffee, tea, or energy drink? Uh, none of those, but chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. All right, we're still twelve years old. Um, first motocross video you ever you watched till it it, it just wouldn't play anymore. Ooh, probably the Verb Moto Epic movie. Oh no 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 yeah. no! Ooh. The Great Outdoors Industrial Steel. Hey, we, you and I are uh, are on the same wavelength as far as movies, my friend. Um, first sponsor that you ever had. Ooh, first sponsor, that'd probably be, other than my dad, probably Thor, maybe? Fair enough. Uh, uh, when, you, when you're going, when you're, uh, you guys go to different cities just about every other week, um, and uh, like, like, what's your what's your home base as, as far as a restaurant goes? Is it, is it uh, uh, Outback? Where is it? Where, where do you go? Uh, where's home base for you as far as a restaurant? Home base would be Outback every Friday night. Fair enough. All right, so uh, we got the, a two-stroke race happening this weekend. Uh, there's there's some, some old guys in it. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Chad Reed. He's kind of cool. As well as Ryan Villapoto is going to race it. He's out of shape, hasn't been riding. Uh, Ryan Sipes is riding, which I'm kind of excited about, as well as Stank Dog and a few others. Who do you call for that two-stroke race as far as your champion? Ronnie Mack all the way. Fair Nobody no, he, even come close. Have you seen him running around down there at all, uh, getting ready for this thing? Like, and do you think that his style may change to be a little bit more competitive, or is he just going to run it? I think he's going to run it. I did spot the '69 machine one day, um, and I think he's got it all day long. Honestly, Champions. yeah, whatever it is, he has it. Oh, for sure. Fair enough, my friend. Well. That's it. That's all, Benny. I've, I'd love to have you on for an hour or two, but you'd be way too annoyed with me by the end of that. I'll let you go right now. I'll let you thank your sponsors, and then we'll let you go on the rest of your evening. And you wish uh, uh, all the best to Robbie Raynard on his special day. Yeah, first off, I'd like to thank my mom and dad, everybody on the team, um, Team Rocky Mountain, ATDMC, WTS, KTM, Fly Racing, Alpine Star, Scott Motorsports, NFAB, Engine Ice, uh, let's see here, WP, FMF, um, Motor X, Excel, ODI Bars, Bubba Burger, my mechanic Derek Rankin, um, my girlfriend, everybody who supports the team, huge shout out to you guys. Killer. Awesome, man. Well, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Sounds good. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. 
FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Bryce Hudson, and when I'm not out there uh, mixing soap or twisting the throttle, I'm over here listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today.
going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. With us on the line, we've got none other than Chase Yoakum. Chase, how are you doing this beautiful Wednesday evening? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, hanging out at home, uh, covering a little bit from a little bit of a back injury. Uh, nothing too crazy, but uh, just trying to relax and uh, get recouped up, uh, ready for A1. Fair enough. Uh, uh, like back injuries, nothing, nothing too worried, nothing too much to worry about in the, in the world of motocross. Seems to be injuries are a bit run of the mill. It seems like uh, uh, everyone's either uh, uh, dealing with something, out because of something, or worried about something. All within uh, injuries. That's usually on the track. Unfortunately, uh, you, you're 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 a member of the media, so uh, you need to have a nice strong back and 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 no sciatic uh, nerve issues uh, from. Sitting in that chair, typing out many of articles and all that you do over at—is uh, it uh, Motocross Addicts, Moto X Addicts? Yep, Moto X Addicts. Uh, yeah, yes. and especially uh, carrying around probably you know twenty, thirty pounds of camera equipment for you know eight, nine, ten hours a day. So that's uh, that's always the the fun part, I guess, uh, in dealing with the back injury. <laughs> Now, as far as, like, you are an, a Swiss army knife when it comes to motocross media. You take photos, you're good with the the written word, and you're very well-spoken when interviewing riders. How did you cultivate that particular skill set, and uh, or was it something that you were just born with after watching countless hours of great outdoors, terra firma, steel roots, uh, Revelation 199, verb motos on uh, all those vo- uh, videos that were posted over the years or is like i said all just god given um you know i i think a lot of it comes with experience um you know when i first started doing um the whole media thing i i didn't actually pick up a camera until um last year so i've basically got about two years of photography um under my belt but uh when i first started doing um you know the media side i was doing more so social media and you know post-race interview type stuff um and I tell you what, the the first uh, you know round of interviews I did, uh, you know, I've been following the sport heavily my entire life. Um, I got really into it, uh, trying to really kind of make a you know a, an impact, I guess, on the scene. Probably started in 2011. Um, really started trying to you know get up to as many races as possible. Uh, 2012, I did more there. Um, in that time period, you know, you know, came friends with uh, you know quite a few people. Um, you know, met met a few people, you know, in the industry, um, got to talking with, uh, Dan, the owner of Moto X Addicts quite a bit over those years. And then, uh, actually 2013 was the, the first year I actually started doing, uh, actual media and getting credentialed, um, going to the races. So, uh, the first, uh, the first race I went to, uh, 
you know, as a credentialed media member, I think was Atlanta 2013. And, uh, I tell you what, my interviews there weren't, uh, weren't as, as good, I guess, as, uh, you know, they are now, I guess, I, you know, just the nerves and stuff kind of get to you doing it the first time, the adrenaline rush, all that good stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't think it went bad, but, uh, definitely, you know, going from that experience to now, um, just the, as, you know, all the, the learning I've done over the years and in that aspect is, uh, you know, helped me out a lot and, you know, nothing, nothing beats experience. So. Oh, I couldn't agree more, my friend. This happens to be episode 473 of the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. And although uh, I, I maybe should take down a few of the original episodes, I leave them up there mainly because if people think I'm bad now, they should go back and listen to the episodes I had almost three or four years <laughs> ago already because I was really bad then. So uh, there is a bit of a learning curve. You do get a little bit more used to uh, speaking. Uh, with the microphone and uh, forming questions without a lot of ums, uhs, and uh, trying to figure out exactly what to say, when, especially when a guy like Alex Martin is looking at you blankly as to what you're going to ask him uh, and then being dis- dis- displeased with it, what you ask him, and then, then he, he kind of gives you uh, uh, um, a bit of a canned answer. But uh, uh, the, the fact is is that uh, this this – sport is a delicate one. It's all about relationships, and uh, you seem really good at cultivating that. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, I might, to be honest, I might not be the best media person ever because you get somebody like, a, you know, Mathis or somebody that's not afraid to kind of dig into some other stuff, um, you know, I might, you know, piss other people off and writers and, um, you know, he kind of, I don't want to say has some enemies, but I guess there's not really any other words. I guess you can really use uh, people that just, you know, maybe dislike him in, in some of those aspects and, uh you know, I guess I'm just not really the, the best person when it comes to that. Like, you know, I just want people to, to like me and, and, you know, for everything to kind of be enjoyable. And I think it, you know, helps you out, you know, just with, with everything. I mean, people will give you the time of day if they, you know, know you and they know that you're, you know, there for the right reasons and everything. And, uh, you know, I think that that's definitely helped me out over the years for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I, the positivity goes goes a long way, especially when uh, riders are struggling. And my hat's off to a guy like Steve, who uh, is able to ask the the tougher questions and still uh, maintain a conversation. And uh, because honestly, and I kid you not, I did not end up putting this this uh, interview up, and mainly because it didn't really end uh, the way I would hope it would. But uh, I'm not too sure if you remember, but of course, at the beginning of the year, uh, Eli Tomac worked. Uh, like basically went in reverse for the first two races. And uh, at San Diego, I asked him about, uh, I literally, I, all I said was, uh, I got to ask you about the arm pump. He looked at me, turned around and walked into his truck. And like, I was like mid recording. So that interview never really got to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was, it, it's, it's not, it's no small task to do uh, some interviews with these riders that uh, are uh, delicate, as they say. Yeah, and and not to say anything bad about Mathis because I think he does a great job at what he does, and obviously I'm a Pulp MX you know listener and everything, and I think he does a great job, and I get along with him great. But yeah, he just uh, you know just over the years, just you know listening to you know his shows and stuff. I mean, he'll flat out tell you if somebody you know like a Jason Anderson or somebody you know won't come on or uh, anything like that, just because they you know they don't like like him or whatever and you know i'm just i guess maybe not that type of person and and nothing against him or anything at all but 
it's just, uh, you know, my stance and it's just to try to, uh, you know, be more so positive about most of the stuff. And, uh, obviously if I've got to dig in a little bit, I try to take a different approach and maybe more of a, uh, nicer approach, I guess, maybe about it than, uh, you know, than maybe him where he'll just, you know, flat out just ask it. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, it's a weird thing, you know, it's, as you know, you know, over the years and stuff, the the industry as a whole, it looks like it's a, you know, a big industry and, you know, everything. But whenever you actually get into it, it's uh it's really tight knit. And, you know, there's, you know, you see the same people every weekend and, you know, you start getting some people that don't like you or, or, or you know, something like that, or, you know, people that, you know, don't want to uh, talk to you and stuff. And that, you know, it can hinder, you know, you as a media person. So it's, uh, it's definitely one of those fine lines that you have to walk. Oh, for sure. And definitely the a gentler touch of one Chase Yoakum definitely does massage these riders a little bit better than, uh, than say, uh, uh, the sandpaper that uh, that other people uh, bring in on us. But that's that's the beauty of it all, you know what I mean? But uh, let's let's uh, dive into this conversation as to what we were supposed to talk about for off the get-go. And that is none other than the race that just passed us this last Saturday under the lights in Vegas. Neither of us were there because of different issues use this way or that way. Mine was that the fact that my dad's 60th birthday was that particular day, and I don't think anyone should miss their parents' 60th birthday if they're lucky enough to have one, uh, and you were dealing with the back issues. So, But we were able, both able to watch the race on uh, on the television, and I want, to tell, I want you to tell me what you saw, because what I saw was empty gates, empty seats, and a lot of riders that were uh, honestly cruising around out there. Yeah, you know, unfortunately on the the empty seats thing, I mean, I I don't want to completely speculate, but uh, you know, the Route 91 incident that just had happened a, you know, a week or so earlier. I mean, I I would have to think that that, you know, affected the attendance some. I mean, I think that people, you know, maybe it, you know, scared them a little bit, which rightfully so. I mean, that was a tragic accident and it's awful and obviously prayers to all the people that was uh, affected by it. And obviously, uh, you know, there was even riders that were affected by it too with, you know, friends and everything. So it was just a, you know, a terrible uh, tragedy there. And, uh, you know, I do think that that's the case, but uh, like you said, obviously uh, the, the gates and stuff as well. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's a one-off race. Obviously there's a, you know, a huge payout for potentially for the the winners. Even if you don't win the million, a hundred thousand dollars is a hundred thousand dollars. And I would definitely take that for one night's work, but, um, you know, there's only one person that gets that. And, you know, obviously if you're not a, you know, a top, you know, factory rider, the chances of you getting that's pretty, uh, pretty slim, but it, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of comes at a weird time in the off season and, uh, you know, it's just, one of those kind of off-season races that it's just it's just hard to get riders there i think um you know there's just not a whole ton of you know incentive for the you know some of those guys to go and it's uh you know it's unfortunate it's a cool event and you know i've been there many a times unfortunately this year i couldn't go but um you know it's just one of those things where i just don't think that there's a whole lot of upside for some people to go there um obviously guys like you know, a Justin Barsha, that was a perfect race for him to, you know, come in and show people that he still got it. And, uh, you know, I think he did, you know, a good job there. He improved every, you know, moto and, uh, you know, some, for somebody like him, I think that was a great race for him to, uh, come out and, you know, showcase that he still, uh, can go out there and bang with the best of them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it is a great platform for some uh, some lesser known guys to, uh, uh, to to make a splash, as well as some known guys to go out there and uh, and and just prove that they have the, the they have the, the the ability and they can race forward and and put a great uh, best foot forward. Unfortunately, uh, just with the, the the lack of just a, a um, some some marquee riders, basically like uh, Yamaha was basically uh, unfortunately Davy Millsaps crashing and injuring himself, which him the best in his recovery. Uh, they were absent from the race completely, um, and and, and uh, like uh, Geico Honda for the most part. Uh, obviously, their two none of their two fifty ri- riders rode it on four fifties, and um, yeah, it just see and like Cole Seeley's not there, and like honestly, there's a lot of times where these guys. This is the time of year that uh, these guys ride with nagging injuries all year long and they take this six eight week time to to go get that surgery that they've been needing for the last six months or go get that uh, that let finally less that let that hyper extended wrist heal up uh from from those uh the, the riding on a, on, a, on, a, on a wrist they probably shouldn't have and uh it just it just seems like uh it's, it's just kind of a perfect storm of uh misfortune for this tra- this race to not be quite what it should be and that's basically like a like a straight out all-star race 450s 250s you name it personally what i love most the super minis i could watch those kids rip around the track all day long oh yeah that's uh definitely one of my favorite parts but you know to be honest after you know the first uh the first cup race i guess is what they call it uh you know i was a little bit nervous for those guys whenever you got you know three three of the top riders in the world go down I was a little nervous for the super minis, but uh, it's obviously it's one of my favorite parts too. I love seeing the little guys out there, uh, you know, just just ripping. And of course, uh, with them all, pretty much for the most part, I think everybody out there this uh, this weekend, uh, because Carson Mumford got hurt, was on uh, two strokes, and uh, there's nothing like hearing the sound of two strokes. So it's, uh, it's definitely an enjoyable uh, race to watch for the most part. And uh, luckily, I think for the most part, everybody got out of there pretty safe. So it's always a good thing. Yeah, man, mixing gas, hauling ass, and they're really well. They're like, other than a few tip overs and and a couple of kids, uh, like kind of like having some mishaps in a couple of the rhythm lanes. I don't think I saw a single injury within all of that. Obviously, uh, like the, the with less experience, these are amateur riders. You're gonna have more crashes. I think that's just inherent in that class. I don't think it really has a whole lot to do with the track itself because we see those kids ride milestone uh, like for for weeks on end, and they look flawless there. And I think if they had more time on uh, on, a, on a monster cup track i think they would be even more successful with that i think uh, any of the the, the kind of misfortune that they they experienced was the fact that uh, maybe they just don't pick up tracks the way the pros do mainly because they're not pros yet and that's just inherent in, in, in amateur racing but um i was entertained by it i think that uh, that race that that class needs to stay in there because uh um it, it, it's a great way to showcase and put those riders in prime time uh, and kind of gives you a, a, it's it's very the, kind of the only time all year other than Loretta's where all of the eyes of the industry go on to the the amateur side of things the those up and comers like in, in in the states we have college football we have like in Canada we have junior hockey this that and the other thing we watch these kids come up whereas uh, uh, in motocross a lot of times there's almost like this like curtain that's a uh, that it's in front of the the amateurs and we don't really see them until they go to supercross or an outdoor yeah exactly and um you know i mean even just with the 
the TV package and stuff, uh, to be honest, those those kids probably actually get a little bit more coverage uh, than they do even do it at Loretta's. I mean, obviously, I think Loretta's does come on, I think, NBC Sports Network or something uh, on a delay um, at some point. But uh, just, you know, being live and being there with the pros and stuff, I mean, just the, the amount of eyes that's on them is uh, – you know, an incredible amount compared to a lot of their other races. So it definitely is a it's a big weekend for those kids. And, uh, you know, it's cool to get, you know, see them go out there and, uh, you know, do their thing and showcase their talents. Um, and, you know, it's not a bad thing, in my opinion, to, uh, you know, have those kids practicing on stuff like that, you know, at a little bit younger age, because, you know, you can't have them come up and, you know, never be on a super cross track until there's, you know, 16, 17, I don't know, maybe, you know, 17, 18 years old and then, you know, getting ready to go into the pro ranks and then that transition's just not going to be there. It's, uh, you know, it'd definitely be a lot harder of a transition for them. So, you know, I don't think it's too bad of a, an idea to get them on a, a more super cross track. Obviously, it's tamed down a little bit without the whoops, but, um, you know, just to get that experience and stuff and to uh, at least get that practice time in a little bit when they're younger uh, kind of gives them a little bit more of an edge, I think, when they're closer to making that transition to Supercross. Oh, totally. I think of a kid like Jet Reynolds, um, who by the time he turns pro will have raced uh, at least uh, three or four even uh, <clears throat> Monster Energy Cups, whether it be on a Super Mini or on the Amateur All-Stars. And I think that's a great way to prepare yourself for a professional career because all too often we see guys who uh who've been racing uh, like like moto 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 all the time um and they they barely get onto a super cross track more than a couple of times before they all of a sudden send uh, a big uh, big deal they ride a couple of nationals at the end of the one year uh that they that they turn pro and then it's boom straight into Anaheim or onto the east coast and uh supercross is no joke you're out there on track walk that that place is scary uh, when it comes to um, just like the transitions and the jumps and the way that you have to adapt to each track, it's no small task. Yeah, I mean, everything looks so much smaller on TV, too. I'll tell you that <laughs> after being on oh, track yeah. walks. Uh, I, I never forget the first time I ever went on a track walk and just, you know, just the steepness, steepnessness of the, the triple faces and the, you know, just the, the spacings and stuff, you know, within the whoops. I mean, it's just almost mind-blowing to uh you know see it down there you know live in person and walk around on it uh versus watching on tv because the pros make it look so easy you know for the most part that you don't really get that you know concept that you know this stuff is very difficult to to do i mean it's just it's incredible Absolutely. Not that and the fact that if you're ever lucky, lucky enough to go on track walk and see something like you and I saw this year at San Diego, where you see a collection of, let's be honest, if there's 80 guys that, uh, uh, that try and qualify, um, for either, either class, you're talking about 160, possibly the best supercross riders in the world and they're walking through a whoop section that they are absolutely crapping their pants that they're gonna have to blitz through that in about 25 30 minutes time like like even a guy that you should have seen the look on on even like ryan dungy's face when he came over that double and looks at that set of whoops those things were serious yeah, and I mean, if you're not fully committed to them, too, I mean, they'll eat you up, too. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that's the scary thing. I mean, you know, you're getting those big contracts uh, from those factories and stuff, and you better be hitting them. <laughs> it's, okay, uh, yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just to, just to kind of go back on the super mini thing, too, I mean, you know, with the, with the sport and stuff, with the, 
you know, kind of the transition that's, you know, had over the past few years. I mean, with motocross, obviously motocross is still around and stuff, but, you know, there's so much more focus on the supercross now that it, you know, honestly, I almost think it's a little bit more important for those kids to kind of get out there and showcase what they can do on the supercross track versus a motocross track. Um, Obviously, Loretta's is their biggest, you know, race, I guess, um, for the most part, besides the Monster Cup, but, uh, you know, just this transition. And I know that you, you know, being in the industry and stuff, you know how it's kind of going. I mean, it seems like, you know, it's kind of leaning more towards the supercross side nowadays. And, uh, you know, I just think that there's a lot more importance in, in the supercross, uh, you know, for those smaller guys, um, you know, younger guys growing up and stuff now than the, than there was ever before. Absolutely. Like if that's where they're going to make their money, they should be good at it. They should be experienced and, uh, that they, they should like, there's those races like, uh, like the mini O's and you have, uh, uh, they do a kind of a supercross ish, uh, uh, kind of like section of their particular race and you have monster energy cup. And then you also have, uh, these kids that go to, uh, the, the arena cross and you watch that, uh, the, that, Eliminator, uh, Amsoil cl- class where you've got kids from all over the, the country racing in that. I think that's really important for these kids just to get the, the sensation of using those transitions because, uh, walking up one of those, uh, steep jump faces is one thing. Sending your motorcycle 70 feet off of one is a totally different, uh, ball game. And, uh, those kids make it look easy after some, uh, some, some practice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, uh, I think it's a good thing. And, uh, like I said, like this year, I was able to, uh, go down to Atlanta and to, you know, the kids actually got a race on the, you know, kind of the, it was the same track as the, the Supercross, but they, you know, took out some sections and, you know, they still got to ride that same track the night before the pros did, uh, for the most part. Obviously it was tamed down a little bit, but, you know, just to be able to have that experience and, uh, to get that type of, you know, crowded and arena cross too, I think that that's, uh, you know, an important, um, you know, I don't want to say a lesson, but an experience, I guess, um, you know, for those kids uh, to be able to get in front of those type of people and into, you know, ride a track like that. I think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Obviously, the injuries are going to come, you know, either way. Um, you know, it's motorcycle racing. It's not a, not a super safe sport, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you got to get out there and uh, do this type of stuff if you want to make it uh, in the future. Absolutely, you do. Now, uh, let's, let's, uh, change our focus to the amateur all-stars for just a mo- minute here. Um, the, those guys are, 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 like, basically, they're, they're making their next step right away. Uh, although, uh, like, in their, like, obviously, Seth Hamaker, great ride from him. We saw him make, make it happen on the, on the Super Mini last year. This year, he does the exact same thing on the 250. And honestly, not very much talked about coming into that, other than the fact that he was a returning champion. Um, what do you make of, of his ride in contrast to a kid like, uh, um, Garrett Marchbanks, who is much more, uh, kind of celebrated and highly touted coming in? Same thing with, uh, a kid like uh, Derek Drake and even Enzo Lopez, those kids get all kinds of attention coming in the amateurs. And uh, like, if 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 I'm either one of those three guys, I feel like I kind of got my lunch set fed to me on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I was actually at the Monster Cup last year, and I got to see uh, Seth ride. And you know, up until that point, uh, he had a you know really good Loretta's um, in the super mini classes. Um, but before that point, I don't think he was really on anybody's radar. And, and he came in there uh, last year on the Super Mini, and uh, obviously he won one moto, and then I, he ended up crashing in the second one. I don't remember exactly what he ended up finishing in that moto, but 
um, he was definitely, in my opinion, the fastest kid that was there. And, uh, you know, his something that, you know, stood out to me was, I mean, his, his corner speed was just ridiculous compared to, you know, a lot of other kids. So, um, you know, I was impressed by him. It didn't come maybe as the biggest shock to me because, you know, witnessing him do that last year, I, I had a feeling that this year he was going to be pretty good as well. Um, and obviously he delivered with a one, one performance and pretty much dominated, but, um, you know, for him, it's got to be a huge, um, you know, confidence booster because he, you know, obviously did that on the, the big stage and now he's on the big bikes too. So he's transitioned from the super mini two stroke to a 254 stroke and, uh, you know, didn't seem to really lose, you know, anything, uh, in, in that aspect, some kids can't make that transition very well. And uh, it didn't seem like that really affected him at all, obviously with a one, one performance, but, uh, you know, for him to be able to go out there and do that on the supercross track with, you know, kids that, you know, maybe were a little bit, you know, more highly touted, um, you know, I think that was big, big for him. And, you know, obviously, uh, Garrett Marchbanks is a great, great rider, great, you know, great kid. And, you know, had a great Loretta's and everything, but, you know, for, for Seth, I mean, I think that that's going to pay huge for him with, you know, kind of the transition that we're going through right now with a lot of stuff kind of, a lot of the money and everything is seeming to go kind of towards the supercross, uh, you know, side of things. I think that's a, you know, a big, big step for him. And I think that a lot of the, you know, factories are going to be looking at that over, you know, uh, Loretta's or anything in that aspect, just because of, you know, that transition kind of more to the supercross side of things. Absolutely. I think uh, you can pencil uh, Seth Hamaker in for some uh, Supercross main event uh, victories, at least in the lights class in the next, uh, whenever he d- does turn pro, the kid's got some serious skills. Chase, it has been a huge pleasure of mine to have you on my podcast. Uh, Big M- I think it is, it's a crime that I waited this long before I called you up. Where can people find you on social media so that they can connect with you and follow everything that you do with Moto X Addicts? Uh, yeah, just, uh, most of my social media stuff is just, uh, at Chase Yoakum. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm on, you know, pretty much everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, don't really use Facebook or Twitter too much anymore, but mainly Instagram. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you can follow Moto X Addicts, uh, on there. It's MotoXAddicts.com, um, on our Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, all that good stuff. So, um, that's pretty much about it. Uh, obviously, like I said, thanks for, for having me on. It was good, good talking to you and, uh, appreciate the time. And, uh, hopefully we'll link up, uh, here in the next couple months, uh, some of these beginning rounds. Mandatory, my friend. We'll definitely call you up as things get closer to Anaheim one, all that buzz and, uh, we'll get some predictions going, uh, even before the new year. Uh, you, you heal up. I hope that, uh, you, you receive a full bill of health in a very short order, but, uh, I really do appreciate you making some time for my friend. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later.